You're now diving into the fish tank. Sitting down with Seth living. Seth. OJ, Ju- Juice Woo! Man, ooh, and this is strictly for them true fans, yeah. golf fans. Number one, one, of course, y'all. This ain't no ordinary sports talk. Dive up in that fish tank. Welcome back to the Fish Tank right here on the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network. Seth Levitt with DJ Preach on the ones and twos. And, of course, my main man, OJ McDuffie. Juice, how you feeling today? What's up, Big Seth? Man, I, uh, I'm i excited for today, Juice. Not only uh, are we proud of how our Miami Dolphins currently are playing, but, you know, in the tank, we love to look back. We love to tell great stories. And we talk. You know, I run my mouth a lot. But what better no, way to tell no. stories? <laughs> I appreciate it. Don't be telling lies, man. <laughs> what what better way to tell stories than not just with our mouth, but visually, right? Yeah. And and I've always loved and been fascinated with the visual history of this great franchise. And with that in mind, our next guest here, diving into the tank, is longtime team photographer Dave Cross, who we had to go find him in the mountains somewhere in a cabin, log cabin in the mountains. Dave. <laughs> Welcome to the tank. That's where I'm at. Yeah. Just wanted to say, Seth, you know, you always, uh, you're a good artist yourself and you always appreciated that kind of thing. It was nice working with you because you, you had a good feel for what we did photographically, but also with your artwork. Was, uh, I appreciate cool. that. I definitely appreciate that. So Juice, you know, it's funny when you come in as an intern, you just find whatever. If you're told to count the paperclips, you want to be the best <laughs> damn paperclip counter there has ever been. And you know, I get in there and the legendary Harvey Green's the head PR guy. And at that time we had, um, and you know, he's since passed away. Uh, but, but Mike Hansen was the number two PR guy, my internship year, another great guy and, and decorated PR man. Um, so, so what I was saying, Juice, was that you try and find your way and your niche and the Dolphins PR room had this huge storage closet. I mean, it was the length of the entire office and it had all these file cabinets and it had photocopies of newspaper clippings and magazines but it also had volumes and volumes and volumes of that time of negatives and these little slides. Dave would get the, he would take the pictures. Of course, nothing, it wasn't digital. And we're going to get into the whole transition to digital, but he would take these photographs and he would make these wonderful slides of the best shots. And they were organized a particular way that I didn't like. And so I was trying to change that and worked with Dave and, and really got to work pretty closely with him. And, and for a good eight or nine years there, I knew every single photograph that came from Dave's camera. And it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. So it's nice of you to say those things. Dave. And before we get too deep into this, right, because we're going to talk about just an amazing career um, that you had covering this team. But for someone who's just catching this on YouTube, I want to make sure they know this is not a Lou Holtz interview. You know, this is this is Dave Cross, team photographer, not Lou Holtz, but you are a friggin' dead ringer for Lou Holtz. How, How often did you hear that? And did you ever use that to your advantage? Well, I, I I do a lot of Super Bowls, and I frequently get that at Super Bowls. Well, fans will come up to me and say, Lou Holt. And I had a lady that came up to me at one Super Bowl and wanted my autograph. And, and I said, well, I'm I'm not who you think I am. And she refused to accept that. She goes, so I signed a little napkin for, you know, best of wishes, Lou Holtz. Good for and, you, man. Uh, Otherwise, she'd think Coach is a total asshole, right? So that's like... <laughs> Protecting his well, right. I don't know if you remember, we would go to Indianapolis to play, and that's big Lou Holtz country up there. And I would walk out on the field in the pregame, and people from the stands would say, hey, Lou, hey, Lou. <laughs> they love Lou up at uh, up in Indy. So, I love that. So, so did you ever – I had heard that when, uh, you know, if players came in, the Tim Ruddies, the Sean Woodens, if players who played at Notre Dame under Lou, which could come to the Dolphins, that you'd freak them out a little bit. Yes. That's true. That's very true. I walked into the locker room. I guess Tim Ruddy was a new guy and he kind of, he kind of had to look twice to see who was, whether or not Lou was coming in the room. That is true. Yeah. That did shock him a little bit. Yeah. It's probably, probably pissed him off a little bit. This dude follow me to the pros. I'm like, I, don't, <laughs> I thought I got rid of this guy. Okay. I didn't do anything. It's not me. I'm not Lou. Too funny. Too funny. All right. So let's get into this a little bit, Seth. What do you think, man? So, you know, everybody knows, Pretty much how, you know, guys like me got to the job in the NFL. But, you know, what I was thinking was interesting was how guys like Priest and Seth and guys like Tony Eggwes and Stu really haven't had who we've had in the past, how they got their job. So let's talk about a little bit about your journey to become a Dolphins team photographer, because from what I understand, it was kind of a hobby that, that turned into a, a job of a lifetime. My career started with the Miami Herald, uh, an artist that worked in the newsroom. I uh, had a long career there, half of it in the newsroom. The second half, I moved to the business side. I became creative services manager. 
finished my career there. While I was with the Herald, I guess prior to the 84 season, Nancy and I had been shooting games and for the UPI people, and then I would get an extra sideline pass from the Dolphins and I would give them some prints. And the PR guy at the time was Chip Namius. I don't know if you, how you guys, you guys know Chip? I know Chip uh, through Harvey Green. You can't not know Chip Namius if you know Harvey Green. <laughs> Chip's a great guy. He was with the Dolphins and then he left and went with the Oilers and also the Bucks. So he called me and said, uh, you know, we really like your work. We're not really happy with the guy we have. Would you be interested in being the team photographer? And I said, well, I said, I have my day job and I don't know if I could take that on. It kind of, kind of fits for me to be just do home games. So a couple of weeks later, he called me back, said, talking about it. You know, we know you got your day job. We'll, uh, we don't like you during the week. And, uh, would you reconsider? And I said, yeah, well, yeah, let's give it a try. And that was the 84 season. Uh, Marino broke all, broke all the records and we went to the Super Bowl. So uh, <laughs> it was a start, you know, and unfortunately we haven't been back since. Well, you've uh, been back. It's not with the Dolphins. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I, a lot of Super Bowls, and unfortunately they're always with some other team. But talk about that, that was, Dave, the, the connection between, you, you know, you were a visual artist, right? I, I mean, Juice, I don't know if you've ever seen, and I had no idea, and um, Dave had this his little photo lab in the stadium. When you'd come through the tunnel, heading to the Dolphins locker room, when you'd make that left, there was a little door there and that was Dave's photo lab. And, and I'd go in there every now and then. And, and he had this, he, he had this drawing. It was a watercolor, I believe, Dave, of Larry Zonka. And it was phenomenal. It was a profile shot of, of, of Zonk and just an incredible. And I would see it all the time. And one day I was asking him about it. And he goes, well, I did that. And I was like, what do you mean you did? And I had no idea. And it's funny. You have no idea of these other talents that folks have. And me just kind of being young and dumb, just figured he'd been the photographer for, for the, his entire life. So just a, a spectacular artist. How did photography become it? So photography truly was just a hobby and you just applied yeah. that eye to and, and turn that into the career. I, when we uh, at the Herald, I was uh, good friends with uh, the UPI photographers and I just sort of got involved with those guys and they had a dark room and I got interested, started processing film, learning how to shoot film and how to make prints and all that kind of stuff. And I would use their dark room. It, it just was something that was so different from sitting at a desk every day doing artwork, whereas in photography, you're out doing things you're part of the events you're there you're out you're out away from the office and that that kind of appealed to me to be doing something creative that didn't involve sitting at a desk every day so it just sort of evolved into shooting i started shooting sports and then i shot some car racing then starting shooting dolphin games and uh working with the upi guys and they would get me a credential i would shoot for with them uh, like I said, I'd get in, at some point later on, I'd get another credential from the Dolphins and I'd give them some pictures. And it just went from there. And it just uh, really football really became the thing that I, I, I started to be really good at. And eventually left the Herald and got away from the desk and uh, get, getting out and doing football so and Super talk, Bowl. And Super Bowl. Yeah. And let's talk about this. Uh, so, uh, you know, you talked about 1984 and, and obviously the year that Dan Marino takes over uh, the offensive passing game in the NFL and reinvents it. And I'm sure that that was incredible to cover. But there was another legend uh, in working with the Dolphins, actually running the Dolphins, and that was Coach Shula. I think you and I have talked about this, that one thing with Coach Shula, everybody was treated fairly and everybody was treated relatively the same. Uh, and that means whether it was praise or whether he was tough. So even as a photographer, I don't think people understand how that extends. Like OJ knows. OJ knows if he screwed up and he's talked about it and coach loved him, but coach was going to let him know. What was it like for you as the team photographer? You know, you said, hey, the Herald was good, but I enjoyed getting out in the field and working. I bet you had no idea. There was probably no editor at the Herald that was as tough as Don Shula. So were there ever any moments that uh, you, you might have heard from Coach Shula because he wasn't necessarily pleased with something that the photographer was doing? Let me tell you something. And OJ knows this. You know this. It doesn't matter what your job is. You get treated exactly the same, good, bad, or otherwise. And if you screw up, you get yelled at. And as as also know that even if you didn't screw up, if he thought you screwed up, you still got yeah. <laughs> True. You know, it didn't matter whether you screwed up or not. If they, all that matters is what he thought you did or didn't do. But the cool thing was the next day it was over. You know, he never carried that kind of stuff over to the next day. Every day you started back to square one. Don't screw up today. Uh, he he was he was always pretty good with me in terms of one thing a, photo a photographer needs is access to be able to do your job and to go in the locker room and be around the team, be at practice and always had good access. Road trips, as you know, we go on the road. 
you're really kind of you know part of the operation and you uh, you really you really are part of it and uh, that's that was kind of the cool thing to, to have that kind of relationship with coach and you did have a great relationship with coach and you talk about being close to the team but you were also close to the Shula family and uh, you know there was an incident this is what I'm trying to get at here Dave I know that we talked about this there was an incident with with coach Shula uh Dave Shula and uh and Dave Cross want to talk about that huh <laughs> <laughs> i thought we were going to keep this all positive it's very it was, positive <laughs> well yes and no it, it was unfortunate we uh we, we had the shula bowl and of course we won the game dave came over to the locker room i always went in with the family with the shula family after the game to take some pictures and uh Dave came in everything was fine he was happy the family was happy I shot some pictures everybody was getting along the second Shula Bowl was in Cincinnati and uh the Bengals lost again and my understanding I didn't see this but they was not really happy he was very very upset about the loss and I go over to the locker room I'm thinking everything's cool the last time they got together everything was really very family friendly and uh Dave came over to see his dad and it was uh he he was pissed I mean he was not a happy camper and I I really had to get out of the room uh it was not the right place for me to be in the middle of this because it was not a at that point a very happy on Dave's part obviously so uh there was some talk that that I had talked to the media about the incident and whatever. Now, I was never over to, apparently over the, the Bengals locker room. Uh, he, he was exhibiting some very unhappiness over there. So I had to, a couple of days later, I had to call Dave and say, look, I apologize. You know, if I got interfered in a family situation, he was fine. He said, don't worry about it. Everything's cool. And uh, so I, I got it squared away with David. And I never heard any more about it from Coach. Because David was the one who was really upset with me, but we're cool now. You know, it, it, it was uh, it all it was all okay. But it was you know it was one of those things where you go, oh hell, I got to get the hell out of here. This is not, <laughs> this is not going well. I, I do not need to be here with a This is not something you photograph. Okay, get out of here. It take long to figure that out, right? Yeah. The things are going sideways. But I, oh, you know, it was, what a tough position too for you know. Look, if someone's working for the Miami Herald or Sports Illustrated, they're taking pictures and selling pictures and and they're trying to capture things one way. But when you're working for the team, you're really just, again, trying to preserve the history and capture these moments. And sometimes these are moments that they don't want that camera there. I was OK with it until Dave came in the room and, and he was very, very upset. And I said, I got to I got to go. He yelled at me, and I got the hell out of there fast. Dave, I'm going to have to take the heat for that. I'm going to have to take the heat for that loss right there and, and Dave's reaction. So I think I caught the game winner in that Cincinnati game in the corner <laughs> of the end zone. Yeah, I didn't get Who yelled, didn't yelled at. Yell that? Dave didn't see me. Coach Shula congratulated me, but Dave yelled at oh. you, man. So I, I apologize for my role in that. You know what I mean? Glad you didn't run yeah, into. I, just, I was glad you didn't run into Dave. Okay, he was not. He was, <laughs> he was unhappy. Shula was happy. Okay, David was not happy. You were fine with coach. I, yes, sir. I think I was on that trip. I was trying to remember if there was something like a late gratuitous score or something, but it was a close game, right? It was like they came back and won it. Until OJ ended it, yeah. That's right. Me wow. and Danny was... on that little out and up. Got him on that one. Yeah, they weren't, you know, that was, and that was a good game, man. Back and forth. You know, I mean, they went down and scored. We came back and scored. But I can imagine they, they should have. Honestly, I think the, the Bengals played well to win that game. That's probably why Dave wasn't so happy at the end of that, because they didn't win it. Well, he was trying to be pops, for sure. You yeah, know, it had to be that. And that's the day. Look, at the end of the day, you were getting paid by the Miami Dolphins and not the Cincinnati Bengals. So you don't want to be yelled at, and you don't want to be – and, and I know you knew Dave from his days with the Dolphins, but damn it, Don Shula won the game. And if you got some pictures of him, then he's happy, and you did your job. That's the way I look at it. I, I wasn't prepared for the other guy to uh, – because the last <laughs> – the last time they played each other, it was all very friendly after the game. Dave was fine. And they hugged, and it was, you know, we won, but the, Dave was happy, and everybody – the family was there. Everybody was having a good time. How would I have known? You know, this just this, yeah, this went just, south fast. And it, way to fuck it up, know. Juice. It's, it's, <laughs> I didn't, I would never it's not like that. he lost to Cam Cameron. He lost to Don Shula. It's not a – was his dad, man. He's yeah, I know. It is, but still. You know, kids never beat their dads in anything, though. You know how that works, man. My kids, my kids don't beat me in anything around the house, man. So, you know, I think we had extra <laughs> emphasis on that game, you know, going into that because there's no way we're going to let Pops lose to his kid. 
make right. sure you have a business there. You know? And and if Cam beat you in like some cards or something, you don't want Dave sticking the camera in your face. So I can get it. I understand all sides of it. <laughs> I can I see OJ <laughs> getting after it. <laughs> Dave made it very clear to me uh, that I need to get out of that room. So, uh, yeah, so you got I, out. I split. I split fast. You know, if you're the team photographer, you're not, you you don't ever photograph anything that isn't positive. Okay, that's just the way it is. Okay. Everything my team does looks good on film, regardless personal stuff. You never show bad stuff. That's that's not my job. I love that, Dave. Especially when you're working with teams. People from outside the team want to show the negative stuff and you know the bad attitudes, the bad sportsmanship, the different things like that, man. But yeah, work for the team, man. Positivity that comes out of photos, win, lose, or draw. There's always something you can draw that's good for a team to look at and reflect on. Sure. Look at my game coverage of Dolphin games and look at the pictures. You would never know we lost. Any game because everybody looks good. You know, we got touchdowns, we got sacks, we got, and just show the good stuff. And that's okay. You know, the media can show the whole story. My job's to tell our story, tell the, tell the story of the game for Miami Dolphins history. You know, Dave, another tough guy at that time, though, was Joe Robbie, who, of course, is still, still on the team at that time. And, and there's, a, there's a story that I heard from, from Big Seth and Stu talking about that. Something had to do with Joe Robbie, you, and some missing luggies. I mean, I, I, I couldn't quite get the, the gist of it, but what happened there? Road trip, and we got there at the time. Uh, our good friend Craig Heil, who ended up working for the Dolphins, was working for the airline at the time. I think it was Eastern Airlines, maybe we were flying. Back Eastern Airlines, wow. yeah. Oh, yeah. We were going, I remember we were maybe going to Pittsburgh. And uh, so we get we get there and my luggage is missing. And then I come to find out that Joe Robbie's luggage is missing. <clears throat> and I stopped worrying about whether I'm going to get my bag or not, because I know Craig Heil is going to get that bag for Joe Robbie. And mine is with Joe Robbie. So I had no, no worries about when my luggage was going to get there because... Uh, I think he, I don't know if he got yelled at pretty good about it. I mean, I'm sure he did, but he lost mine too. So we got it back pretty quick. By the time we got to the hotel, we, we got our bags. I, I never worried about it. <laughs> I knew that uh, I was going to get mine. Joe was going to get his one way or the other. See, I would have been concerned that Joe was going to get his and I'm never going to see my shit again. That's, that's, that's how, <laughs> because they're not, you know, the reality is he's not looking for your bag. That that yeah, yours is just kind of an also ran the same charter. You know, if, if two bags are lost, they're going to be in the same place. Okay, I just didn't, didn't even worry about it. I knew Joe's is gone. No sweat. I'm going to get my bag because they're going to find his, and mine's going to be with it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to um talking about the actual you know having some fun stories here, but talking about the actual product and the you know your photography and so. I want to talk about some of your favorite shots that, you know, again, we talked about your artwork, but photography is an art all of its own. And I would love to talk about some of your favorite shots. The one that jumps out at me is there's that epic shot of Zonka dragging like three Oilers players that are dripping off of him. Is that right behind you there? There it is. So for, you know, if you're watching it on YouTube, but if you're listening, it's, it's on the cover of a game day. Uh, and I don't know what game that was, but, but it's Zonk and it is just it's, everything that divine Zonk. And so what, so you were shooting, how, when did you actually start? 84 is when you were shooting for the team, but how long had you been covering the Dolphins? I actually started shooting Dolphin football games, 1971. And that, wow. that's like a million years ago. And like I said, getting credentials from my UPI buddies and stuff. And uh, that's what allowed me to get all of the great images I got from the perfect season, because I shot that, I shot all the home games and Nance and I shot two road games from that season. So my archives from the perfect season is phenomenal. It's all mostly black and white. So I'm very proud of that, that little group of pictures because that's that means a lot. That that's I always get requests, get calls about pictures from the seventy two season. And that's uh that's a big deal just to have been around that and i think is, is that zonka shot one of is that like in one of the nfl's top 100 photos i think at one point yes. they I, I know that had had made a list well the nfl as you remember back in the day nfl used to publish a lot of really nice coffee table books yep and uh, one book they put out was the 100 best shots of the century in the nfl and that was picked for the book. Wow. So I, know so I never made any of those. I never got any, none of those. None <laughs> of my shots I up. tried OJ. I sent them a bunch, but they didn't. I don't know what happened. <laughs> hey, who? Who? They're tossing the things like, get out of here with this. <laughs> Are there any others that stand out, Dave? Well, there was one, and I've talked to OJ about this. It was a, a really good shot of OJ. If you remember, they decorated the hallways. Yes. At Dolphin Camp with all the pictures of all the Dolphin great players. That's right. You, know, you were working there, right, Seth? Oh, yeah. So I tell OJ, I said, OJ, I said, 
you got a really prominent spot on the wall. I said, there's all these guys. And I said, if you remember, in the back of the hallway was the elevator. The player elevator goes up to the second floor. And by the elevator, I said, you've got this spot right by like a ceiling to floor picture of you. It's amazing. It's a great shot. Unfortunately, if you remember, Seth, on that wall was a fire extinguisher box, yeah. which was right in the middle of his chest in the picture. So it was OJ and the fire extinguisher. It was a great it. shot, though. It was a prominent spot, but he had to share it with a with a fire extinguisher. Yeah, I didn't drop that shit, though. I didn't drop it. <laughs> you didn't the drop ball. the ball or the fire, fire extinguisher. That's right. That's, right. Fire, that's, 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 that's what's in that man's heart. You know, he's, he's, his heart's burning. He wants to win. That's that's exactly why it was placed there. No, I remember that well. I actually have a, a you know, the decorating of those hallways is a little bit of a, um, a difficult memory for me because prior to that, you know, was the Pro Bowl project, if you remember, Dave. And I, uh, but uh, uh, another Dave, Dave Wanstead, didn't like those photos up there. So then they moved into the project they did with you and then they changed all that again. Uh, and unfortunately, when you change from coach to coach to coach, there were a lot of changes, but the place looks beautiful now. And I do love seeing, and they do an incredible job with photography now. And I know that, that you, uh, still continue to shoot the games, at least pre-COVID. Um, and, and they've got a great team. Uh, the organization has, has some great photographers shooting now as, as well. But it's fun to see all these old shots that were yours. It's fun. You know, when you walk the hallways, everyone talks about OJ's got that prime real estate when you go up the stairs there. I mean, that's a Dave Cross. There's, there's so many of there. Is that a proud thing for you to walk in that building and see your work all over the walls? Happy there aren't more, you know? <laughs> more. <laughs> No, I, I'll tell you a story about that. I, I was working on the Super Bowl this year, and of course in Miami, and I don't get around the stadium anymore. I go down, we do the game, we go home. So there's been so many changes in the building and the modernization. It's just, so it's the first time I've had a chance to really get around the stadium and see all of the artwork and the photography that they put up. And what I think is fantastic. And, and the reason for that is Tom Garfinkel was an art major and he loves mm -hmm. art, loves photography. And it is, you know, the murals they've done and, and, and all of it. They're the photos are everywhere. And yeah, to walk around those halls and, and go, oh, yeah, that's my show. Oh, there's that Zonka shot. You know, it's very cool. Yeah, I like it. Obviously, you like to see your work up there. You know, speaking of work, something else, you know, I always thought about was really cool, man, was that your photographer partner kind of in crime for all these years, actually your wife, Nancy. And we talked about this a you little know. bit. Yeah, you know how, she, you know, we had a little pregame routine, but I always saw you guys and I had my season tickets sitting in the front row, man. You guys always showed me so much love. You've actually taken a picture of my family, I think, at times, like shooting up into the stands. How did that come about, you know, and, and talk about the fact that not only did you guys work together as a married couple, but actually got married at work. How the hell's that possible, man? We were going to get married, low key, do a little uh, justice of the peace kind of thing. But we also, Nancy's Catholic and, and she wanted to do something like something a little more religious. And at the time, if you guys remember Father Don Walk, uh, who's a team priest, and we talked to him about it and he said, you know, and we, we, we said, well, maybe we could do something on a road trip and we'll do a little ceremony on a road trip. He said he'll marry us on a road trip. So so some games went by, and we said, well, how about this week? Well, we'll do it this week. So uh, we were on this one road trip to Philadelphia. So we talked to Father Walk. He said, maybe we do something. This is a good trip. Maybe we'll do something on this trip. Said, okay. It's a good trip. <laughs> what year was this, Dave? The road trip to Philadelphia. What year was this? I don't want to say that if Nancy's sitting in the room. So this was 19. Okay, 19... <laughs> okay. say the year. What, was it 95? I don't know, you don't remember when we went to Philadelphia and Shua broke the record? <laughs> it was before oh, it's not my wedding anniversary, Dave. <laughs> 93. Thank goodness for Scott 93, Stone. 93, okay. That was a, a, actually a bigger moment. So, as you know, we go to Philadelphia. Shula breaks Hallis's record. And we get on the plane, and the Robbie family brought champagne, and everybody's drinking champagne. And, and uh, at the time, we were on a wide body. Nancy and I were sitting in the business class. So, Father walks us. Why don't we do? Why don't we do it on the flight back? And I said, well, "That's Lisa as well. My license is in Florida, so I have to talk to the pilot when we're over Florida. Then I'll do the. I don't know if that meant anything or not. That's pretty cool, over. right there. <laughs> so later on, he comes up. Okay, we're over Florida now. Let's do it. So we form up in the in the aisleway, and uh, uh, so my good friend Mark Dennis, who liked photography, I said, "Okay, here's the camera. You got to be the wedding photographer, and he's going to take pictures." and the Robbie family was around and Father Walk said, I need a Bible. Where can we get a Bible? He said, well, John offered all, you know, he's a pretty religious guy. John, John always has a Bible. So they go back and they say, John, we need your Bible. So they, 
He gives them their Bible and they don't tell him what it's for. And later on, he said to me, he says, you didn't even invite me to the wedding. You took me to the Bible. You didn't tell me. To. So uh, they get the Bible and we do this cute little ceremony in the Iowway. And uh, a little bit later, if you guys remember, Tom Olivadotti, the defensive coordinator, always sat right across the aisle from Shula. And uh, the story I heard was he leaned over to Shula and said, coach, you know, you're losing control when people are getting married on your charter. Okay. <laughs> It, but he was he was so happy it didn't matter so he did a group shot with Nancy and I and him and Marianne at like a wedding party shot and he he could care less he was so happy so yeah. that was pretty cool yeah, yeah. that's perfect timing it was perfect timing I would doubt he should worry about losing control of his defense before he worry about <laughs> control of the team yeah I mean, you know, the hell his, his defense did pretty well in that one though I think didn't he? Yeah, stop the damn screen pass Tom instead of worrying about Dan Cross's wedding for crying out loud oh that's hilarious so here's the other yeah. thing Juice like we We've all the, other story, the finish of that is, is I heard that Marianne had turned. They said they're getting married. And she told, she's talking to Don. She, she turns to Don. She says, Don, we should have done something like this. <laughs> because apparently <laughs> they had gotten married at the same justice of the, or the court clerk's office in Broward a week after Nancy and I did it. So they got married in the same place that we got married. Wow. wow. Yeah. A little Official. less dramatic too. And so Juice, we've yeah. all planned weddings, right? Weddings are not cheap. Oh. You're always looking for the best deal and who do you know and who are your connections? Look, Dave, and, and we're not going to get into this. Dave loves a free meal. He wouldn't tell you otherwise. <laughs> we, we, we know. My man, Dave loves a free meal, but how about your entire wedding party? Uh, the champ- They had to be popping champagne. Coach Shula just went through <laughs> It was great food, genius, uh, champagne, wedding party, uh, the priest, the guy with the Bible, you know, he, uh, <laughs> the guy the with the Bible, pro bowler, John, yeah. Did, who was the best man? Who, who, who was your uh, official best man? Very weird. I don't know how this happened. And don't Nancy, say maybe you need, you need to correct my memory on this, but somehow or other, John Glode, Janet Robbie's, what are Janet Roberts, Robbie's kids. It was, it was John Glode, John, John and Lisa, right? Nancy, this is your Glode. best man, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it was kind of just that happened. And 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 somewhere along this process of this wedding, we did a Jewish thing. And somebody stomped a on thing? a glass like in the Jewish thing. We did that. <laughs> the Jewish thing. Wow. Can I name this episode Dave Cross a Jewish thing? So <laughs> we did that at my wedding too. But we weren't on a plane and Don Shula didn't buy the champagne. So not very funny. So <laughs> the Jewish so, element of this, and I'm not quite sure how that happened, but uh, Scott Stone was there. I guess I'm, I think it had to do with Scott Stone. I think it was something in, 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 in God had something to do with it. Scott Stone was that's the Jewish thing. This is fantastic. Yeah, I think he might have been the co best man or something. I don't know. It was a Scott and John Gloden, we did the Jewish thing. and Yeah, my sources tell me Scott was indeed your co best Well, you could. And it meant a lot to him that, that it continues to mean a lot to you. <laughs> I love uh, it. All right. All right, we're going to keep it moving here. But, I, I mean, fantastic <laughs> wedding. And absolutely, I can't think of a better way to have a spectacular wedding that that you're not covering, you know, I'm not paying for it. It's, it's amazing. So well, the, other, the other thing, when we got back, uh, Jim Barry did a big segment on it, on his sports cast that night. And Harold did on your wedding on coach Shula wins. <laughs> and Jim Barry does a story on your wedding. <laughs> That's fantastic. So, so as I mentioned earlier, my first year was 1996, which was Jimmy Johnson's first year taking over as head coach. And in that first year juice, well, as you know, it was a different air around the building. I hadn't been there with Coach Shula, but everybody was on edge. Jimmy had this reputation of Dallas, cutting people, sending them to the asthma field and, and all these other things. Everyone walked around on eggshells. And that wasn't just players. It was personnel. And it was certainly guys like the number three or the PR intern or the team photographer or what have you. So I, I kind of hate to bring this up, Dave, but at the same time, uh, this, this is a great story. And I think Harvey Green alluded to it when he was on the show. But what happened? Wait, wait, wait. Harvey was telling stories about me. Harvey tells stories about everybody. So, so, so what happens uh, for those listening, you know, you get your media guide, you see all the headshots and what have you. The way that works is in training camp, there's a day set aside and there's a player day and we have the jerseys. I used to sit there with Dave and we'd have the white jersey and the aqua jersey and, and the guys would come in and they'd take one in each jersey and some guys wouldn't want to smile and some guys like Juice had the million dollar smile and Dave would take the shot and make sure, you know, and, and, and we'd run them in, cycle them in, cycle them out. And then the coaches would have their time. I mean, the coaches fucking hated 
headshots. They hated having to break from film or break from anything. And it's training camp and everybody's already pissy. And they would come down and they put on their jacket and tie while they're still wearing their coaching shorts and all of that stuff, right? And they'd come in and they'd go through the set and we'd have a small window of time. And then when the head coach, at least when Jimmy would come down, I don't know what it was like beforehand or don't know what it was like after I left, but Jimmy would come down in a full suit and want to be there for about 22 seconds and get the hell out of there. And so, and this was the first time and Harvey's all nervous and he's bringing him in come on day. And Harvey would love to come in and flex his muscle in front of the coach and yell at everybody because he was in charge and Dave, take the picture and God damn it. And Seth, you know, and, and he'd do all his barking and we get through the coach's thing. And it was such a relief. So juice. We, <laughs> no, it wasn't. So it was supposed to be a relief. No. Juice. And so then Dave, again, as we talked about earlier, this was pre-digital. And so Dave was shooting with film. And so coaches were done. No, I wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was the problem is Dave went to go change the film to get ready for more players. And you open up the camera and what happened? Oh, film. (laughs) Oh, film. And the camera said, holy crap, I'm screwed. And I guess you probably thought the same thing. And Harvey, oh, we're all screwed. And I think what I, you, you guys had to tell Jimmy and, and he just said something like, fuck it. I'm not doing it again. And that was, they never, we didn't do it over. It is, right. I'm not doing it. I think we had photos and all that. I think you might've gotten, and I don't remember what, I don't remember how it happened and how we got Jimmy. If we went and got a Dallas shot or got something and, and some of the coaches, you know, Gary Stevens, excuse what you got and the whole thing, but <laughs> we didn't get fired, Seth. Yeah. Well, we didn't. I somehow ended up getting hired at the end of the day and <laughs> for, for decades longer, but the look on Harvey's face and <laughs> And then how do you not have film? How does a photographer not put film in the camera? It was so like, how does, how does that happen? What can I tell you? Shit happens as they say, <laughs> you know what? You, and that, that's the problem. You know, you're, and you know, the environment, I mean, we're rushing and everybody's pressuring and Harvey's yelling at you and the coaches want to get in and out. And, you know, you get sidetracked because people are talking and we got to do this and they're rushing you. Stuff happens. You know, you take one out, you forget to put one in. The other part of that is, I had a screw up like that with Shula and uh, at least I didn't have to face Jimmy. You guys did. And he just said, fuck it. I'm not doing it again. But, uh, <laughs> so when we were at St. Thomas, one of the things Shula liked to do in addition to the team picture was he did a coach's picture. We'd always, you remember he, he did them when you were there. We, he wanted to do the coach's group shot separate from the, from the team picture. So we went out on the field and we did the picture. And uh, when I got the film back, I had a, uh, this one wasn't my fault. Okay. I had a camera, um, technical malfunction. Everything was overexposed. You know, you know, says if you got the coupler in the camera, if it doesn't couple, the exposure is always wide open and it didn't couple and it was wide and unusable. And so I had to go tell Coach Shula <laughs> that this picture, I had a camera problem and I walked into the office, I had a camera problem pictures and come out they're all overexposed and he looked at me and he said when do you want to do it again oh wow yeah and the difference right what a what a what a difference man you know what i mean one class and one an ass <laughs> came out and, he, and i never got yelled at. i was just sh- i mean everybody thought I, I would be fired or yell at least get get reamed you know how the fuck could you do that what the fuck's the matter with you you know but, uh, what the fuck's the matter with you yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can almost guarantee, and I wasn't in there, but I can almost, I can almost right. guarantee that Harvey didn't tell Jimmy that the photographer that I hired did not put film in the camera. I can't fathom that he would say that. I'm sure he blamed it on the camera, said it was a, t- and Jimmy still didn't want to do it again. But I can almost assure you that Harvey would not have, he did not even want to be associated with the fact. And then of course, Juice for years, even when it was maybe a year or two later that Dave went fully digital and every year Dave had to deal with Harvey coming in and going, do you have film in the camera? And Harvey thought it was so funny that he was asking if there was film in the digital camera. That was the thing that I heard the most of for the rest of my career there when we did coaches and stuff was, Dave, you got film in the camera? Yeah, 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 I got on a camera. Yeah, everybody's got jokes. Everybody's got jokes, right? But the digital. Dave, you got a card in that camera? No, I forgot the card too. But that, I have had to live with that since. I, I still get that. 
Well, I think he told me that at that point, and I don't know what it's like now, but at that point you would say that the camera won't operate if the card's not in. And so you felt really excited about the fact that you couldn't make that mistake again. The camera won't let you shoot without a card in the camera. That is true. The do what? (laughs) Nancy says the new ones do let you shoot without a card in the camera. So I can still screw up. You can still hold a little memory in there. It's a good thing that we told you now. So so you can, so now you got to add that in the words of Harvey green, add that to your fucking checklist to make sure that you've got a card in the camera. All right. So that's that storage. It's too funny though, man. Oh man. Speaking of Dave, we talked a little bit about Dave, my boy Wands and we talked shoes, of course, you know, and I know that you are, you're a big Harley guy. And I guess a lot of us knew this, and as well as you know, once that did Coach once that when he was coming in. And in fact, rumor has it that Dave actually came to you and he needed some help learning how to ride a Harley. And uh, for me, I'm not a bike guy. I'm a little, I'm too soft. You know, I can catch football <laughs> in the middle, but I can't ride a bike. That's for damn sure. Uh, <laughs> and so, but I understand you guys got really close. Literally got really close in when it came to riding riding Harleys. Out with the Hack Boys, the two video guys, Bob and Dave, and they mm-hmm. they both rode, and we would go to Daytona for Bike Week every year. So they were bikers too. And uh, yeah, he said, uh, "I got a Har, I bought a Harley, bought it from, got a deal from Ross Myers in Fort Lauderdale. Probably got it for free. I don't know, but he got a good <laughs> deal." And uh, he said, I, "I could use some some help, you know, some coaching." So my job was to coach the coach. And we would uh, several times we would meet out at the uh, the Broward Arena and drive around in the parking lot. And I'd explain things to him, and we'd just do some stuff. And I'd just try to bring him along, what to look for, do this, don't do that. And that went pretty well a couple of times. And the one time we went out there, and uh, I met him at his house, and then we rode over to uh, I guess he lived in Weston. So we rode over to the uh, arena. We did our little session. He said, well, "Let's go have lunch." So we went over to those little restaurants on State Road 84, had lunch. Came out after lunch, and my bike was an older bike that you locked up. You put a padlock on the fork, and I came out, unlocked the bike, and I'm going, oh, shit, I don't have my, where are my keys? I don't have my keys. <laughs> and so my bike is sitting there. It's locked up. His bike isn't locked up. And I'm going, well, what are you going to do? I said, I guess I left my keys at your house. So he said, well, drive the bike. He, he didn't want to ride double because he didn't have enough experience. So I drove the bike and he sat on back. Oh, wow. Great. I'm thinking we're going down state road 84. I'm thinking, God, if anybody sees us, they're going to think <laughs> guy with the glasses and the big guy sitting on the back. Uh, Wait a minute. So Dave wants that was riding on the back of your, Har- well, it was his Harley, but you guys were riding there. Double Dutch. Was he holding around your waist? Was his hands around? I think he kind of did. I think he kind of, because he was kind of inexperienced. And I think he was kind of holding on to me. <laughs> held it maybe tighter than Nancy does. I don't know. <laughs> I love it. Did he, he have his chin on your shoulder a little bit? You guys are holding his hair blowing in the wind. I can't, we need, God, if we're anybody had a video of this. You had helmets? Helmet. Okay. At least you guys were responsible bikers. Back then they had helmet laws. Yeah. Oh, God, that is priceless. Wow. That is great. Another, another Dave Cross screw up with the head coach. Yeah, I don't I mean, know. You taught him how to ride a Harley. Oh, I guess so. I mean, we did some practice sessions, and uh, I think he kind of lost interest in it because last time I saw him, I asked, you got your, do you still have your Harley? And he said, no. How but, long after he had to ride on the back of the bike with you did Wanstead stop riding Harleys? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I never, he never asked me for help anymore for some reason. <laughs> that was the end of the lessons. Uh, we never did any more uh, lessons after that. Now that that's I think fantastic. That, that I can't over. wait for the Emilio Zamora mock-up of that on Twitter. Oh, man, Emilio's going to have some fun with this one. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. Uh, two guys. You know what this kind of reminds me of? Remember the old uh, the ESPN commercials with uh, John Clayton, and they had him when he was in his room listening to heavy metal with the long hair? That's uh, Dave Cross is the Harley guy with the <laughs> with the leather you know the leather vest on, juice, with no shirt yeah. underneath it, that's and right. Coach Wanstead just holding on to him on the back, man. <laughs> That's uh, that's classic. We got to get a picture of that. Hey, you remember this. We had two other bikers that were serious guys, Mark Ingram and Irving Fryer. That's right. We did a group shot with them out on the field one day with the Hack Boys and myself and Irving and Mark Ingram. You, and you got that, later, you got that later picture? On, later on, we uh, Jason got kind of big into riding for, for a little while. So. Yeah, there was a whole crew of them. They, yeah. they go in cycles. Uh, well, no, the bad pun intended. But well, there, we, we did there seem to be waves of guys that get into the Harley thing for sure. Yeah. So, Dave, look – 
when you're around an NFL franchise for nearly four decades, um, there's a lot that you hear, that you see, that you experience. We've talked about some of it today. With everything that you've covered, I know that there is one memory that stands out to you as a very special moment, and it had to do with the, the 1972 undefeated team and a little trip they took to Washington, D.C. Amazing. I got a call from Scott Stone, and he said uh, the 72 Dolphins got invited by Barack Obama to the White House. I said, wow, that's cool. He says, uh, can you go shoot pictures? He says, you're not going to get paid. I said, I don't care. <laughs> you know? it, so they flew everybody in. They flew me up. Everybody got flown in by the Dolphins, and we all met at the hotel. And it was so cool because it was kind of like being on a road trip with the 72 Dolphins because – we got to the hotel, checked in. We had the team meal at night, and hmm. we were all sitting around. All the guys were telling war stories. It was so cool. And that was uh, unbelievable. Next we morning, get we get up. We have our team meal. We go out. The bus is there, and I'm getting on the bus, and the guys are getting on the bus, and this is like every road trip we've ever done, the same routine, but it's the 72 guys, and they're getting and Zonka's getting on the bus, and Jim Kick's getting on. It was just incredible. Instead of going to the stadium, we go to the White House. But it was so much like being on a road trip with the 72 Dolphins. It was just incredible. Let me tell you two quick stories about the White House. Janet and Dan Robbie were there to represent the owners. Stephen Ross was there. And Obama went around and talked to every player. He had a conversation with every single player. He went in a private room, had a long session with Coach Shula. So the ceremonies, we go into the big room and there was a lot of, they had a lot of media and they invited military and dolphin fans, military dolphin fans. And it was a packed house and they bring the team in and they go up this little riser where you have the whole team. Ross is on one end and uh, Tim Robbie's on the other. Janet and Tim decided Tim would go up and represent the Rod Robbie family. So... Obama starts talking and he says, uh, you know, he said, uh, I had my my 85 bears back in the day. They didn't back in 85. They didn't invite teams to the White House like they did later. So they never got a White House visit. And he says, so I invited my 85 bears to finally have a White House visit. He said, you know, we won the Super Bowl that year. And he said, we had a great season. And he says, you know, he said, only lost one game. And Shula yells out, who'd they lose to? <laughs> <laughs> of course he did. I mean, you just yelled at who did it? And Obama's just cracked. It just everybody, the whole room cracked. Who'd they lose to? And then, so at the end, uh, Shula's going to present Obama uh, with a jersey, a dolphin jersey, 72. All the guys signed it. And it's all framed and nice. And he says, uh, Mr. President, I want you to hang this in your office so you can look at, at it every day and remind you of the ass whooping we put on your 85 bears. Yes! <laughs> and of course, the room, the room just broke up again, the ass whooping we put on you. And that's truly, you know, he just, he just throws it out. There. Good he's for like, Coach. You talk about Super Bowls, man. It's something a lot of people don't, don't know about you, Dave, is your connection to the Super Bowl. You talked about escorting the going with the 72 team. You know, you weren't part of the crew at that point, but you got a chance to hang with them. Talking about going in Danny's first years to the Super Bowl with the team, but You've been to a lot of Super Bowls. You've been to a ton of Super Bowls. Tell me how many Super Bowls that you've actually, you know, photographed and, and talk a little bit more about that. And in general, I know you said, well, it was the last year when it was here. I think I ran into you and I got a program. I think I got a program. You had a program or two. We were at that function. That the, That's the right. After Super Bowl party that they did for the stadium employees. That's right. That's right, man. Talk about how many Super Bowls you've been to and your connection to the Super Bowl and you know, and, and I mean, it's it's amazing that, you know, the Dolphins haven't been as many times we'd like to, but you actually go all the time. Well, I guess, and I don't have an exact number on this. I have to go back. They have these posters that show all the tickets, the Super Bowl tickets, and I have to kind of refer to that. So, okay, I was at that one. I wasn't at that one. I was at, so I, I have to go at a number of like about 45 Super Bowls. Damn. That's a lot Damn. of Super Bowls. Damn. That's without that's without a break. And prior to Super Bowl 23 in Miami, I got a call from, I think you guys, some of you guys know, remember Jim Steig, who was the Super Bowl guru. He was the NFL head of, of uh, special events, and he ran all the Super Bowls. He, he was the guy. And he called me. I don't know if you guys know this. He had worked for the Dolphins prior to going right. to the NFL. He and Shula were very, very good friends. He said, we've got this thing. He said, uh, this is, of course, back in the film days. We got media people, you know, working out of hotel rooms and processing film and making prints. And we need to come up with a better plan for that. He said, can we do something where we can set up some facilities for the for the media people, the still photo, wire service, newspaper guys can do their processing on site? And he said, I'm thinking maybe we could get some trailers. These guys could work out of the trailers on game day. And he says, can you take care of that for me? 
I said, sure. He said, well, why don't uh, we decided we would, we would rent six trailers. And I went out and on my credit card, rented six trailers. <laughs> He's got that good credit juice. Yeah. Great credit. Too. <laughs> Brought the trailers in. And back in those days, they, the, the uh, newspaper guys would, uh, would have to process film and then make prints. And then the wire service guys would put the prints from those little drums and transmit them. And so we brought the six trailers in and these guys built dark rooms inside of the trailers with rooms to process film, to make prints. And it just, it went from there. I went back every year and the operation sort of kept growing. At one point we were, we were renting 12 trailers for all of the media people to work out of. And then we got into the, the color, the color negative era of photography where everybody was shooting color negative film. And they would bring in one hour, these one hour processors. And at one time we had like 22 one hour processing machines in our, in our compound where they can, wow. where the big organizations like AP would could, and Sports Illustrated could process a lot of film very fast. And it kind of grew from there. And Jim Steig was a great organizer and he was, he kind of got how things went. And he knew that because I was in a business that I was, that was somebody he could depend on to deal with photo media. Well, I think that a lot of the, like NFL things, photo media is kind of a pain in the ass and photo <laughs> people can be a pain in the ass. And it's absolutely true. And they can be pushy. And so this was a situation where Jim said, you know, the business, you know, these guys, you handle it. I don't want to have with these people. So that's, that was the whole idea that I knew what their needs were. They knew me. And over the years, you know, dealing pretty much with the same people every year gets a little easier. Well, Dave, look, we've I'm taken up enough of your time. Uh, I know you've got to get back to the mountains and whatever it is you do or don't do while, while you're sitting out there enjoying the good life. I'm waiting for a sunny day so I can go for a motorcycle ride. Okay. That's what I'm waiting <laughs> <Yeah>. for. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, let me say this before we close. I, I think that I... Look, the video work, I know uh, our, our friend, our producer here, Leon, does amazing work with the video and and so many others do with the Dolphins team. And, and we all love our video in this day and age. Everyone thinks they're a photographer, a videographer with their iPhones and what have you. But for me, and I, you know, I'm just speaking for me, not for everybody else, but there's something really magical about when you get a, when you get a really great photograph. And, um, you know, we've had a lot of fun. We've talked about a lot of these fun stories. But you've not only taken so many spectacular photos of what has happened on the field, but I think all of us could say that there's these shots that you capture, these moments that happen that when we're have left, you know, when OJ is retired or I've moved on to other things. And, and for all of us, when we look back of, upon our careers, it's just so much fun to, to see these photographs and these moments that we've had. And, and, and you forget about these things until you can see in one still image juice, you know, we get to see this stuff. And Dave captured so much of so many for for decades um, there's two photos that I treasure to this day. Both of them have Dan in it. Uh, one you took in 1996. It was my internship year, the last game against the Jets. And Dave used to do this thing, Juice. I don't know if you ever saw him doing it. Everyone wanted a picture with Danny. Nobody wanted to bother Danny. And so when Dan was warming up, Dave would angle you. So you would stand somewhere and Dave would take a shot and Dan would be in the background. Remember, I mean, how many of those have you taken, Dave? Hundreds, I have to imagine. Dan, everybody wants their picture with Dan. If you're around Dan, then that's what you got to do. But, but you can't bother him. So people would stand there and try and look cool and official and Dan Marino's throwing in the background. And, and so, and, and then this particular shot, Dan turned around and was like, well, cause we were going to at best going to be eight and eight. We weren't going to make the playoffs. And he's like, ah, I'll take the damn shot. So that was pretty cool. But you also captured a shot and I have it here to this day. Uh, it, it's a shot of me and Dan post game in a locker room. I don't know if you remember this, but that was a shot of, of the two of us. And it's moments like that for me. And I'm sure each, I'm sure OJ has some, some wonderful shots and preach and Scott stone and everybody else who's been there. It's when you come up to somebody and you hand them that envelope and it, I mean, it's just a treasure. It's yeah. a treasure to get those things. And um, they're memories that last a lifetime. And these are always reminders. So I greatly appreciate that. And, and it was truly a pleasure working with you uh, on all these things over the years. And, and I just think that your work will, I mean, that's your legacy. Your, your work will last forever. And, and it's, it's really, really special. The screw up, the good, the bad, and the ugly, the screw ups <laughs> will, be, will not be forgotten either. Okay. Which is the way it should be. It's the way it should be. Absolutely. Man. Dave, I didn't have a lot of uh, action shots, but there are some very <laughs> nice ones that I've got in my collection. I know I have a shot with Mr. H from the field in um, in Green Bay, but then there's one that pops up every periodically of me, uh, a young me and Seth and Willis Whalen and Rhett Taconi from Memorial Stadium. We're all sitting there. We're all, we have our Metro haircuts and are suited, knotted up and 
You know, just look like a, a lot less pounds, <laughs> a lot less pounds, a lot more hair. Well, I'm sure I've got quite a few more pictures than you guys do from, from cross. <laughs> I'm pretty confident. Photos so. that people actually give a shit about besides I'm, my mom. huh? <laughs> I'm pretty sure cross took my unsung hero picture as well behind me. You know what I mean? And uh, I've got I, mean, I hit cross up a little while ago for some photos, man. He sent me a nice file of some great pictures, man, that he always has of taking up all the guys, man. So really, David and Nancy are two of my favorites of all time, man. And it's so funny how, you know, you spend so much time with people and like Seth and I and like Preach and I, you know, they're doing one part of, you know, a function for for organization, but you become like friends, you know, and that's how I feel about Dave and of course with you guys, man. So, man, I appreciate you, Cross, man. We appreciate you diving into the tank today. And uh, man, what's some great memories that we have right here. And uh, like I said, I've got a stack of photos. I'm probably gonna hit you up for a couple more. I'm sure you'll find some archives, that, you know, so I can get Anytime. some prints for the kids. All right, man. So thanks for diving in, Dave. Love y'all. Thank you. You're now diving into the fish tank. Sitting down with Seth living, Seth. OJ, Juice, Juice Man, ooh, and this is strictly for them true fans, yeah. golf fans, number one, one. of course y'all, this ain't no ordinary sports talk, dive up in that fish tank, go get your aqua orange, yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank, it's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank, rocking with OJ and Seth when you dive up in that fish tank, Okay, this one for them diehards Celebrate big or cry hard Leave it all on the field, we gon' try hard Old school, a new school, mix it in Feeling like we up close when we listening Dolphins tales, in Miami is the deep end We vibing with our favorite players, no secret We get with Seth and McDuffie Bringing up stories we never heard to the public Bet we love it, Dolphins fans never budget We loyal to the team, whether happy or we upset We be like, what's next? Don't switch the subject You know it's all about them fans And if you ready for that water, time to dive in Don't switch the subject, you know it's all about them fans And if you down with Dolphins Nation, time to dive in Don't switch the subject, you know it's all about them fans You looking at that fish tank, it's time to dive, dive in, in. Fish tank. Go get your aqua orange, yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank. It's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank. Rapping with OJ and Seth, time to dive up in that fish tank. Dog pants with